This morning, we are kicking off our brand new series called Love Like Jesus. And we're going to spend the next few weeks leading up to Easter, the next three weeks, looking at the life of Jesus. And he did such an amazing job of loving others and engaging them and displaying the kingdom of God and the love of God in their lives. And so we want to take these weeks leading up to Easter, and we want to allow God to challenge us with his word of how do we love like Jesus? In your workplace, students, in your school, wherever you find yourself, in your neighborhood, how do you reflect the love of Jesus to others? And so I know God wants to challenge us over these next few weeks as we move towards Easter. It's going to be a great couple of weeks as we look at different ways that Jesus loved others around him. And so this morning, we have two guest speakers that are going to come and share God's word. I know your heart is going to be challenged, so please put your hands together for Micah, Escamilla, and Zandra Rich as they come and share God's word this morning. Hello, good morning. Hi, what's up, y'all? So um, before anything, we want to thank my dad for giving us this amazing opportunity to come and speak to y'all. Um, we don't take it lightly, and we're so thankful, um, even me being here for years, what an amazing pastor he is and what an amazing leader for not only in my home but in the church. So if we can give a hand clap for him real quick. Thank you, Dad. Um, and so... Jumping straight in, if I don't know if everyone in here knows me or everyone online knows me, but my name is Micah, and I obviously moved here whenever my dad became the lead pastor, um, and it was about seventh grade for me, and I was here for six or seven years um, until about last August whenever I moved to Arizona for college, um, but for everyone who doesn't know, this is my amazing girlfriend, Zandra, so do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, hi, and again, thank you so much, Pastors Aaron and Sarah, for this honor to be up here. We're so excited and we've been so excited. Um, so yeah, my name is Zandra. It's good to meet you all. So happy to be here. So a little bit about myself. I was born in central Illinois. Well, grew up in central Illinois and Micah and I actually lived about an hour away from each other and we had no idea. But then I moved to Nashville with my family when I was 12 and have lived there up until we moved to Phoenix. I was forgetting where we go to college. That's a little embarrassing. Um, but yeah, we live in Phoenix now, and we met at Hillsong College. We're both pursuing pastoral ministry, which has been such a blast to be able to build the foundations of our ministry together. And yeah, so a little bit about our story, how we met. So Micah and I are in every single class together, but for the first few months at college, we spoke the very bare minimum. And it wasn't even on purpose. We just didn't have a reason to talk, so we just didn't. We were in group projects together, and it was just like, all right, you want to do this? Sure. You want to do this? Yeah. And that was about it. But we just organically became friends, and then from then, we realized we wanted to be more than friends. And it led to the conversation of pursuit. But Micah was dead set on he would not take me on a date until he could ask my dad in person. So, dad, if you're watching this, good man right here. But um, so long story short, my parents flew Micah and I out to Nashville. And Micah was able to have the sit-down conversation with my parents and I was in the room next door, and so I had my ear pressed up against the door listening to every single word. I thought it was being sneaky, but apparently they knew the entire time, which is super embarrassing. But we don't need to talk about that part too much. Um, 
So anyways, we were so eager to go on our first date that we actually started it in the Nashville airport on our way back. So I think we have a picture of that. That's our little selfie. And we got coffee and we're walking around. Our flight was delayed, so we spent some more time at the airport. And then we got back to Phoenix and went home and got kind of dressed up. And then Micah picked me up at my door. And there's that other picture and we were super dressed up, and that's a really cool picture because we're really cool people. Um, but it was super fun, and it's just been a joy dating and pursuing a relationship. But, yeah. So um, it's actually been really, really cool to be able to date in college and be able to start our ministry, like she said, together. And just learning how to love people well, how to pastor people well um, together on this journey. And... Um, that's actually how we're going to intro into the series this week, the series of Love Like Jesus. Um, and just learning how Jesus was intentional with people and how he always loved people well um, throughout Scripture. And so our big point today that we're actually going to be talking about is that Jesus loved the unsaved, and we are called to do the same. So if everyone wants to open their Bibles to Luke 19, verse 1, that's actually where we're going to be reading from today. Yeah, so um, while we're opening up to Luke 19... Can we just talk about how great the Worship and Vision Sunday was last week? It was kind of amazing. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Micah and I had the opportunity to tune in and listen to it last week. And we were just blown away by the vision that was cast in this house. And one thing that we both really loved was the, the consistent theme of discipleship. We think it's amazing and necessary. And through this story, we're going to be reading about the story of Zacchaeus. And we'll see how Jesus intentionally pursued and loved him. And we think that's just really awesome tying in from Vision Sunday. So, let's start in verse 1. I'm going to read through this story. If you don't have your Bibles, they, the scripture is up on the screen. <clears throat> All right, verse 1 says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Okay, I'm going to pause right there. Have, have any of you heard the old song, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he? I'm sorry, we, I never even brought that up to him preparing, but every single time it just plays over and over and over. Okay, verse 6. <laughs> so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord. Here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And so that's just going to take us into our point one, which is that Jesus is about community, not exclusivity. Yeah, so taking a step back, and before we actually jump fully into that point, I wanted to give a little background on tax collectors for anyone that doesn't know. Um, but tax collectors at the time 
were obviously people that collected taxes. Um, and I know everyone in here can vouch for no one likes getting taxed. So hand raise, I don't like getting taxed. So obviously these were not highly favored people. And oftentimes there were Jewish people who had turned against their community, their family and friends, and decided to work for the Roman government and collect taxes from people. And Zacchaeus was not only a regular tax collector, but a head tax collector. And he was known for taking extra money off of the top and pocketing it. So taxing people more than they needed so that he could have some money for himself. So this is someone that was not welcomed into community. And we see this in the story. When that crowd is gathered, he's not someone that people make way for and invite in. He's someone that's pushed out, kept out. And we see this because of the stigma that was put on him because of how he had acted in the past. And so um, we see Jesus didn't care about this, though. Jesus didn't care that other people didn't want him in community. He didn't care when other people uh, said that to him about hanging out with Zacchaeus. He loved Zacchaeus, and he loved Zacchaeus intentionally, even though the other community didn't want him to, even though the other people looked down on him. Yeah, I love that. So good. And I think in a practical sense, we can take a pause and do a little bit of self-reflection just as a church sitting here together. So everyone just kind of take a pause. And let's think about our friend groups, who, the, who we surround ourselves with, the people that we are constantly doing life with. Now, it's okay to have people that are in the same season as you. It's okay to be surrounded by people that are like you. But if there is no, if there aren't any other people that maybe don't look like you. Maybe they come from a different socioeconomic background. Maybe they have a different profession than you. It's important to have those kinds of people. So um, I think it's important as Christians that we are intentional with going to the ones that aren't regularly included. That we surround ourselves with people who aren't really in the circle. Maybe they're kind of like a Zacchaeus. They're on the outside. Maybe they're not really invited into society, especially a Christian kind of culture, those are the people we need to be pursuing. And so let us not enter into those relationships being judgmental. Let us not enter into those relationships looking like the exclusive Christian that only hangs out with Christians that don't ever sin. Because none, like none of us do that. We all sin. We're all, no, no, no one is perfect. So let's not be those kinds of Christians. And lastly, Let's be really intentional about not being gossipy Christians. Let's be inviting and okay with imperfect people because we're imperfect. So if we can be inclusive, we will be a step closer to loving people genuinely and authentically like Jesus did and still does today. Because then people can, people can feel authentic with whatever's going on in their life when bringing it to us. Um, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So in <laughs> verses 9 and 10, actually, we see that Jesus didn't only invite Zacchaeus into community with him. He actually restored Zacchaeus back into community. So it wasn't that he just in, went and hung out with Zacchaeus and then left. No, he 
encouraged Zacchaeus and restored him back into community with his fellow people. So we see Jesus does the exact same with us, and we should do the exact same. We shouldn't just invite people to hang out like one time and then be done. We should be inviting them, restoring them into community, restoring them uh, into our friend group. So they're, they're not doing life alone because we talk about this at NCC all the time. We're not meant to do life alone. So we should be helping restore people into community with God, with Jesus, and with us. And so that actually is what we start talking about in our second point is practically we need to meet people where they're at like Jesus does. Jesus met people where they're at. In verses 5 and 6, we see this, that Jesus went to Zacchaeus in the tree, and he spoke to Zacchaeus. He said, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. See that Jesus didn't only meet Zacchaeus at the tree, but he also went home with Zacchaeus and shared in community with him. He didn't try and invite Zacchaeus into the temple and say, like, whenever you come, whenever you come to church with me, like, we'll have community there. But he had, he had community with Zacchaeus outside of just this space. And we need to do the exact same thing. We need to have community with people outside of this space. We need to be loving people outside of this space. And so it's so easy to be, oh, well, I invited them to church. Like, they should know, like, I love them. I invited them to church with me. But in reality, we need to be having community with those people authentically and loving them outside of just whenever they come to church with us. Like, that's not what we're meant to do. And we also, that, we also see that Jesus wasn't afraid to be uncomfortable. Jesus wasn't afraid that the other people were looking at him and saying, like, why are you hanging out with this guy? Like, you shouldn't be around him. He's dining with sinners. We see that Jesus didn't care. He was, he was willing to be uncomfortable. He was willing to be seen like that in order to love people well. Are we willing to be seen are we willing to be uncomfortable in reaching other people? Because it's not about our comfort. It's never been about our comfort. We can stay in our comfort zone and have zero growth, but that's not our goal. Our goal is to love people and love people well. And it's so, and it can be uncomfortable. And I know I can speak from even my, I do not have this down. I am studying to be a pastor, but that does not mean I have this down. I can still get uncomfortable in situations. I can still get uncomfortable in loving people because it's such an irregular thing that we see in this world. It's so, so easy to stay in your comfort zone. Man, they just swerved in front of me like they're just being a jerk today, you know? Like that's what's comfortable. But what's uncomfortable to say, maybe they're having a rough day. And we see when someone says that, it throws us off guard. Like we would not be, that wouldn't be something we're used to because we're used to not seeing that love. We see Jesus show that. He shows that he's okay with being uncomfortable. And that's because Jesus displays God's love for people and not humans' perspective of people. Because Jesus loved us and God loved us while we were still in our sin. So we need to do that exact same thing. Some people are going to be in their sin, but that does not mean they're, they're disqualified from our love, that they're disqualified from God's love. That means that they're just as qualified as you sitting in your seat today, as me standing up here preaching. They have just as much of God's love as I do standing here today. So we need to be able to be uncomfortable and show those people that exact thing. Yeah, that's so good, Micah. Um, I also love that Jesus meeting people where they're at in order to intentionally love them is not only found in the story of Zacchaeus. We see it through all of Jesus' ministry. So you can find it all over the Gospels. Um, a few examples of that. Um, we have the woman at the well when Jesus met her. So for those who aren't familiar with that story, just a quick kind of recap. So Jesus was traveling with his disciples, 
And Jesus said that they needed to go in to Samaria. And a little bit of context background for you guys. So Jesus and his disciples were Jewish. Jews and Samaritans did not get along. They were not friends. They socially and racially did not interact. It was not a common thing or an accepted thing in the slightest. So if you had to get from point A to point B and Samaria was in between, you would walk all the way around Samaria to get to your point B because you do not cross. But Jesus told his disciples, nope, we're going in to Samaria. And so Jesus went out of their comfort zone into the Samaritan woman's territory in order to reach her. And he changed her life. And not only was her life changed, but she ran into the city and changed a bunch of people's lives. Because Jesus got out of his territory and out of his comfort zone. We also see this when Jesus was calling Peter, Andrew, James, and John fishermen. Jesus was not a fisherman. He was a fisherman of people, but not a fish. So he went to the, to the sea where they were fishing. And that's where he called them because that was their zone. That's where they were comfortable. So for us, we've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable or else we're not going to see true change. We're not going to be able to intentionally get to those people like we've been called to. So, um, yeah, we just encourage, we just all need to get comfortable with getting into other people's territory. And stop waiting for people to walk through the church door to start a new conversation. If we wait for people to just stumble into our connect groups or just stumble upon us to ask us a question about Jesus, then we're going to miss so many opportunities. So, yeah. What would you like to Yeah, it's so, it's so easy to just sit in our comfort zone and to smile at people like whenever we get the chance. And like I did my job today, but are you intentionally loving people? And so putting that into practice this week, we really want to bring the challenge of who's your Zacchaeus? So find someone in your life who's seeking and we may not realize it. So we see in verses 3 and 4, actually, that he wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Some people, guys, are seeking fulfillment even when it may not seem like it. So they're looking for things. They're looking for Jesus. And from the outside in, it's so easy to look from a place of judgment and say, I mean, they're just having fun. They're just doing whatever they want to do. Like, I can't reach them right now. Like, I need to wait till, I need to wait till they're, like, actually seeking for Jesus, till they're actually seeking for something. But they are. And it's so easy to judge. So we need to look at it as them seeking and not as them doing whatever they want. Because they, like I said earlier, they are not disqualified from God's love because they're not doing what we think they should. So, Yeah, I love that. And I think it's really important to note that from the very beginning, we were created to be with God. That's, that's how we were designed. And in Genesis, it talks about how we were made in the image of God. Have we, have we heard that, that we're made in the image? So a lot of people can get tripped up on that and be like, okay, what does that mean? Does God look like me? But actually the way that it was originally written in the Hebrew, we were able to study this last semester. Um, it would have made complete sense to the Hebrew people at the time. But in our language today, it would make sense to say that we were made in the likeness of God. So we were made to abide in him. We were, we were made to do life alongside him. 
So when we're not in that alignment, we don't feel fulfilled. So people, people around us, our coworkers, our classmates, they don't feel fulfilled if they're not in that alignment. So understanding that, that that's how we were designed, gives us the ability to have grace and an understanding when we kind of get off. And so a lot of times that looks like falling into that worldly sin. And you know, there are the big ones, like that looks like falling into drugs and alcohol and having sex and all of those things, which are very worldly things that people do fall into very regularly. But the other side of that, the other perspective we want to give is people might actually be waking up to live for their next pay raise. People might wake up and say, oh, gosh, how can I get that promotion? People might be waking up thinking, oh, are people judging me for not driving the nicest model of my Mercedes? People might say, oh, man, are, am I getting judged for not having the newest iPhone? But when we find when people find this small fulfillment in worldly things, that's a little bit off. That's not being fulfilled in the worth that we have through Christ. It's being fulfilled by worldly things. And that's seeking. That means that they're not fully aligned. So let's just have an eye for those people so that we can um, just have a better perspective. And in order to see these people, we need to open our eyes. And we need to see them as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And we need to see them through that lens of love and not through judgmental eyes. I love how our pastor at Hillsong, Pastor Bobby Houston, she, she doesn't call people atheists or non-believers. She calls them not yet Christians. And it's, it's a cheesy line, and we can easily just, just like disqualify, oh, that's just like something cheesy someone says. But it's an amazing perspective to have, that they are not yet Jesus lovers. And so we can be the difference that makes them Jesus lovers. So let's be that change. Let's not look at them as another judgmental person. Because we've all been judged. Everyone raise your hand. We've all felt judgment in our lives. Like we've all faced that and the weight that it carries. So let's not be another judgmental person in someone's day. Because they may be having a rough day. They may have had a rough moment. They may have something going on. And so we can easily disqualify it. Like they, did, they wronged me. They did something wrong. But are we looking at them through a lens of love or judgmental eyes? And so I love a quote by Walt Whitman that says, be curious, not judgmental. Because when we can be curious about someone, we can see them as someone going through something. We can ask them questions. We can love them well and not immediately jump to judgment. Not immediately jump to, well, they swerved in front of you. Like they, I love, Zandra does this all the time when we're driving. I grew up here and had forney drivers, and forney drivers are pretty bad. So <laughs> my immediate judgment is, man, what are they doing? I got, I got ran, off a, by, uh, ran off the road by a semi-truck the first time I drove my first car that I got. First time I drove it to Walmart, I got ran off the road by a semi-truck, and I was like, what is going I was so mad. But when I drive with Zandra, she's always like, maybe they have something going on. Maybe they're bringing someone to the ER or and I think that's an amazing perspective to have, as funny as it is. But that we're not jumping to, like, man, they're a jerk. Man, they do not know how to drive. They need Jesus so bad. It's, it's like, that's, that's the first go-to. They need Jesus. Man, I'll pray. I'll say a quick prayer for them real quick because they need it. Um, but not going to that, being curious, even with the people that we get to experience in our lives day to day. 
If someone's having a rough day, if someone in our family is having a rough day, we sit down and we ask them a question. So let's do the same with the people that we're living life with, the people that we're doing community with. Sit down, ask them a question. And if you don't have that comfort zone with that person, give them a smile. Just say hi. Because the difference that that can make in someone's lives is insurmountable by us, but it can change someone's day. In Luke 19.5, we see that Jesus spoke to Zacchaeus. And he spoke to Zacchaeus with eyes of having community with him, with loving him. It wasn't an immediate, well, Zacchaeus, you're doing something wrong. Align with me. Let's go. I could talk to you about what you need to do, the life you need to live. It was he just wanted to dine with Zacchaeus. He wanted to have community with him. He wanted to eat with him. He wanted to love him. And he saw Zacchaeus in this tree, and he went to him. Let's see the people who are in the tree looking, and let's go to them. Let's be the person who makes the step. Not when someone comes up to us and asks about our faith, but when we can go up to someone and say, hey, I saw this going on. Like, can I talk to you? Not necessarily pushing the gospel on them immediately, but can I just talk to you? Can I just love you? And so this doesn't mean, as we're up here preaching this, this doesn't mean we have this down. This doesn't mean anyone in this room has this down. This is something that's a daily choice. It's a daily thing of saying, today, I'm, it's a, a moment thing of this person swerved in front of me. This person did this to me. Like, they cut me in line. Are, am I going to choose to love them like Jesus did, or am I going to choose to jump to judgment? And it's not always an easy choice. It's almost never an easy choice. But it's a choice that we are called to do as Christians. It's a choice that we are trusted with setting the example for. And so, again, this doesn't mean we have this down, but it means that each of us is trusted with doing this daily. Something I want to add to that, too. I think we can be hearing this and think, okay, who do I work with? Who have I not connected with? But can I just challenge us as a church? It might be someone we have connected with. It might be someone we don't click with. It might be someone... You see every single day, but whenever you're around them, there's just something about them because they're not living the same life at you, as you. It just rubs you a wrong way. Can I just challenge us as a church? Let's get uncomfortable and meet them where they're at. Let's be intentional with these people. And so just practically, like Micah said, we're all growing in this. We all want to learn to love more intentionally. We want to love like Jesus does, especially in this series. So our challenge to us as a church, let's all find one time in our week, one time where we can find a meal to share with someone. So if you have a lunch break at work and there's that one employee that's not really connected, just say, hey, you wanna go to get Chipotle? Let's eat a burrito together. Or if you're in class and you are in the cafeteria and you wanna go eat a lunch together and you see the kid that's always by himself. Let's get uncomfortable and let's be intentional about finding a time in your, in your week. If it's on your drive home, if it's today at lunch, block out that time. So I think it's also really important as we're closing today to understand that in order to love people the way that Jesus loves us, we have to understand how much he loves us. 
We can't possibly just start loving people without understanding the authentic love of Jesus. I, I just get emotional when I think about it. Because, guys, the thing is, Jesus didn't just seek us once. How many of us can relate to being like Zacchaeus in the tree every single day? Sometimes we know we're seeking, but sometimes we don't. We get off path and we get out of alignment. And we're seeking. We get into a pattern of sin. We get into a pattern of judgment. We get into a pattern of exclusivity. Not only does he seek us every day, but he says, hey, let's hang out. Let's share a meal. But it didn't stop there, and we all know that. That Jesus loved you so much that he hung on a cross. I know we hear it a lot, but let's not take that lightly this morning. Even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is some crazy beautiful weight. It's out of the overflow of gratitude we have for that. We get the privilege of being able to love people. So as we're closing, I'm just going to invite everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes with me. If you're sitting here this morning and you're just feeling that in your spirit, like, ah, oh, God, I don't, I don't think I'm quite where I want to be yet. Maybe you've prayed the prayer and said, God, I, I want to live my life for you. I want to be a sold out believer. I want to love people intentionally like you love me. Maybe you've said that before. Or maybe you haven't. But if today... It's time to get back into realignment with how we were created to be. If you're in this place this morning and you're saying, God, help me understand the way you genuinely and authentically love me so I can love the people around me. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand? Awesome. I see your hands. Beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so collectively, everyone together, we're just going to pray. So if you guys would, just repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you so much for your love. I'm not perfect, but I understand that you are. So help me to have eyes to love people. And help me to have the eyes to see how you love me. Right now, I make the decision. My life is yours. I choose to love people like you love me. Forgive me for living a life apart from you. I love you. My life is yours. It's in your name. Amen.
If we can keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I'm going to say one more prayer over us, guys, as we're going out in our week, as we're going out through the rest of our lives, that we can choose to live this well. So, God, I pray over these people, Lord. I want to encourage you guys to just pray out in your own voices as well. I pray over these people, Lord, as they're going out in their week and as they're going out for the rest of their lives, that we choose, God, we make the daily choice, we make the moment choice to love like you did. We make the daily choice to choose you over our own desires, over what we want, over what's comfortable, Lord. Push us out of our comfort zone. Light a fire in our hearts that's not just in this moment, that's just not for this today, that's not just for this week, God, but that's for the rest of our lives. A passion for people above all, Lord. A passion for your people. A passion for our neighbors and our brothers and sisters and our young, not yet Christians, Lord. Let us love them just like Jesus did. Not just during this Easter season, Lord, but throughout the entire year, that we would show your love. We would show your passion, Jesus, unlike any other, God. That NCC would be a home for people, not just here in this building, God. That the church isn't just here in this building, God. But NCC, the community, would be a home for people, God, without one. Let us show your love. Let us re-invite people into community. Let us restore people through you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.